You're listening to Resurrection South Austin, a community of faith, learning to do life together in the goodness of God. For more information, you can find us online at resaustin.com. But you know him. You know him. The Holy Spirit that God has given to you. The world may be able not to recognize or receive him, but you, church, you know him. In the name of God, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You can have a seat. That really speaks to me on this Pentecost Sunday, that this, this reality of the Spirit of God, God's own creative Spirit, the same Spirit that hovered over the waters of creation and spoke all things into being, dwells in the church, dwells in us, and you know Him. You know Him. Some of us may think, I don't know if I know the Spirit. I can't tell maybe if that's my voice or the Spirit's leading, I don't know. And Jesus assures us somehow that we know who the Spirit is. Well, Pentecost, friends, if you notice, everything's red. We have a baptism we're celebrating today. There's a lot of questions surrounding Pentecost. What does it mean? Is actually the same question that the crowds of people who witnessed what they thought were a bunch of drunk dudes before 9 a.m. in the morning going a little crazy asking, what does this mean? And every time I come around to Pentecost, I have that same kind of thing. I know, what it, I know what it means. I'm not sure I know what it means. You know what I mean? <laughs> what does Pentecost really mean to us? It means, friends, that God's save, God saves people. Listen to this. God saves people by being with them. Not by bossing them around or requiring a certain set of actions or behaviors or by knowing certain things. Thank God it's none of those things because we'd all be in a lot of trouble. God saves us by being with us. This is why friendships, like real friendships, feel like we're being saved in small ways. They feel salvific in that way. If you have a friend who's always been with you, there's something that glimmers, that pokes through that person, that relationship in your life, maybe even a spouse, that you can recognize the Spirit's presence, right? God saves us by being with us. And he's putting his holy presence into a brutalized humanity, a humanity who have been beat around a little too much, who've been broken up. God is pouring out his Spirit and his presence upon that humanity, not just to feel comfortable or feel better or have like your best life now kind of business. God puts his presence in this broken humanity to carry out a mission. The same mission that the cross of Christ accomplished in the forgiveness of sins is now being poured out and carried out in this broken humanity forward into human history, empowered by his own presence, his own spirit in us. What does Pentecost mean? It means we're being adopted not only into his family, but into his mission, into his purposes. God isn't just static. He's not just sticking around. He actually doesn't even just stay here, but he goes into the world causing a wonderful mess. And when we are adopted into his family through the waters of baptism, we're adopted into that same mission in the world. 
You may not consider yourself a missionary or someone who's like real missional or like outgoing. But guess what? If you are adopted into the family of God by the power of the Spirit, you are by nature, whether you do it or not. You are. This is who you are, church. He's adopting us, giving us his presence, involving us in his mission. But you notice this about the power of God. If you, if you look at any instance in which the power of God is poured out in the Bible, it is always for a purpose for the sake of others. You notice that? In fact, you could see the opposite when human beings get a hold of power and status. They use it to serve themselves and it's perverted and evil and wrong. There's something broken about it. God's use of power and its true power, it's what it was created for and it all belongs to him, was always to be used for the sake of others. And everything that you and I need to join in on this mission of God, empowered by his spirit for the sake of others, everything we need, everything our church needs, everything this parish, resurrection, needs to be adopted into that family, to be empowered for that mission for the sake of others, everything we need, the spirit gives us. Let me say it the inverse. There's nothing we need that the spirit hasn't already given us. Nothing. Not a single thing. The Spirit gives us all of the credentials, all of the power, all of the resources we need. Christ won all of that for us on the cross. There's nothing left to win for you. He won it all. And because of that, we get these credentials like child of God. That's been settled. You can't mess that up. Christ has so won that for you that even you cannot forfeit that title. You are a child of God in baptism. You are, listen to this, like just let this one sit on you for a second. You are co-heirs with Christ. Let that sit on your shoulders a little bit. Co-heirs with Christ. You are enabled to live the life that you're currently living today right where you are, nothing different about it, right where you are, completely dependent on the resources of the kingdom of God. And you have everything you need. Everything we need as a church, as a community, God has given us everything we need by his spirit. Every gift that makes this church come to life and not look just like kind of a stale community of people with a certain set of beliefs, like a rotary club with like vestments kind of a thing, but like an actual breathing, living organism, a body of Christ in the neighborhood, everything that the church needs to be that on fire presence in the world that even our non-Christian neighbors and friends go, now that is something amazing and beautiful. I don't even believe in all that, but wow. Everything that we need to be that body living in the world, the Spirit has already provided for us. And I keep hammering this home because um, especially as we're like heading into our fifth year here as a church, and we're still kind of getting on our legs, there's a lot of needs that we have as a church. Look around, you find needs everywhere. And yet everything we need, we've already been given. We don't actually have needs the way that we think of needs. Oh no, where are, we, where are we gonna get this? Oh, I know where Sean's taking this Pentecost sermon. He's gotta fulfill his budget, right? Or man, we really need volunteers for the kids program stuff, right? And, and we, we have these needs, but the church has everything we need to fulfill those needs. But this isn't a plug for a budget. This isn't a plug for you serving and like, like really getting your serve on and like making me happy or something, none of that business. 
I want you to hear, this is the announcement of the good news about what Christ has won for us and what the Spirit has poured into us for. We actually cannot understand the Spirit of God unless we understand its mission and its purpose, that it's still working through the world, not only in our lives, but through our lives for the sake of other people. This is the announcement of the gospel. That check this out. We say this all the time, but we actually think this is happening in real time. God is actually reconciling all things to himself through Jesus Christ by the power of his spirit. And you know who he's chosen as an instrument in the world to lead that reconciliation? The church. Sure, God can work elsewhere in the world. He can do whatever he wants, right? But yet he has chosen this ragtag group of broken, kind of confused people about what to do next. God has chosen us, poured out his spirit and said, now go. I'm going to go with you. Surely I'll be with you to the end of the age, but let's go for the sake of others. So this means, church, that you are now involved. (laughs) Um, Maybe you didn't know that that was part of the deal, but you're involved in the goodness of God pouring into the streets of South Austin, coming in contact with our neighbors. It also means that you're invested with a great deal of heavenly power. And that power is to be put to work, not for your own sake, but for the sake of others. Does that make sense? That's what Pentecost means. But it might mean, and that sounds fantastic, but friends, it it might mean that first, something in us has to die. It always means that, I'll be honest with you. It always means something's got to die. Something you're afraid of. When I say let's go into the world and the power of the Spirit, and we think about what that actually means, and something in our guts kind of bubbles up, and we're like, oh, but here's the reason why I don't want to do that. Because I'm afraid of this, or I'm afraid of being rejected. I'm afraid of looking like an idiot. Something we're afraid of maybe has to die. Maybe it's selfishness. Oh, that's outside of my comfort zone. I would rather be comfortable in here and not have to do anything out there. Or, man, it's really inconvenient to change my plans and what I would prefer to do to go and help this person. I can think of so many other things to do. I don't know. I don't want to commit because something better might come up. Right? (laughs) Selfishness. It may have to die. Lusts. I really want that thing. And so instead of like using my money generously for the sake of others, I I just would really like to buy this car because it's so nice and the leather seats are cooling. And in Texas, that's like, that's a human right, right? I'm just picking random things. These are like all things in my own heart. So I'm like, you know, gutting myself here in front of you. And I don't have leather cooling seats, but that would be nice. Maybe it's greed. Maybe it's some form of greed that works itself out in your life. Maybe it's an insecurity deep in your guts that you're just like, if people really knew who I was, they would find out I'm a joke. Maybe that has to die. Maybe it's that thing that cycles in your head about those worries when you go to bed and those worries start to kick up, all those worries or those anxieties in your head, those may have to die as well. The good news about Pentecost, friends, is that Pentecost overthrows the tyranny that fuels all of those things. It says no more. The tyranny of me, Pentecost comes upon us and increases Christ in us. Less of us, more of him. 
and he empowers us to live lives by his spirit, not by my spirit or my desires and my me-centeredness, but by the spirit of God for the sake of other people. This is what I like. Somebody better serve me. Somebody better empower me and work on my behalf. That's honestly like how I like to do church. Man, it's so nice to come and my chair is already set up. That's just like really nice, isn't it? I think it's nice. I mean, honestly, I love to sit there and like someone has already put a water bottle for me. That's really nice. There's nothing wrong with someone like receive, or serving me in that way and me enjoying that. But if that's where it ends and I'm never invested and I'm never involved, I'm like actually not participating with the Spirit's work in my life. I'm just being served. That's still in a subtle way the tyranny of me. And it's our default position as human beings. You don't have to teach children how to be selfish somehow. They just get it. It's in us, right? Mine, me. And it might be funny or cute, but that needs to die. It has to die. If for no other reason that you don't know life until that dies. Christ alone has worked on your behalf. And in baptism, the Spirit of God raises you to a life with Christ for the sake of others. I've seen it so many times in this church. It's like super convenient to have a church who shows you how to live like Christ that I can notice and then just follow along with you guys. You may not even realize I am, but I notice and I'm inspired. I'm like, yeah, Sean, like that. When Bill Fulton chases down people to take him to lunch, new folks in our church, yes, it's Bill's heart, but it's the work of the Spirit, actually. I know Bill. It's the work of the Spirit compelling him for the sake of others. When our table groups come early to set up chairs for church and serve on hospitality like Lindsay and Bo did last week, Yes, they're nice people, but it's actually Pentecost at work in their guts and in their bones compelling them to serve for the sake of others. When adults teach our kids classes or when Courtney starts a youth group, Sean, I want to start a youth group. Awesome. Here's what we're going to do. You know what? It's not just that she's nice or that she's some, fulfilling some sort of Christian duty. She's compelled by Pentecost. All of those adults are. When Sarah Magby makes your coffee, and when Thomas teaches that catechism class, I know them personally. I know what makes them tick. It's Pentecost. They have this joy that's creepy and wonderful all at the same time. Like, how? what makes you tick? What makes you do this? You're so pregnant. She does it anyways. When your table group leaders open up their lives and their homes, they clean for you before, they get, before you get there. When they open up all of that, when they change their plans and inconvenience their family life, Thank Pentecost. Thank them, but thank Pentecost unfolding in their lives. When Michelle Finch washes our linens and stocks our sacristy with supplies, this, this wine and bread, it's not miraculous. Like someone buys that stuff. And those linens, they're washed every week. Guess what? It's Pentecost working out in Michelle Finch's life. And I know her. She, she does it quite, <clears throat> excuse me. She does it so quietly and joyfully. It's Pentecost. When Britt, Dr. Britt, when you host those conversations about reconciliation, all the hassle and planning and like work that goes into that, friends, it's not like she needs more conversation about reconciliation. She wants to invite the church into this work. She's leading that charge and she's compelled and driven by Pentecost for your sake and for our neighborhood's sake to have that conversation. 
And it's not an easy one to have, but you do it fearlessly. That's Pentecost at work in you. When Bo mobilizes people to help someone move in our congregation or to do some construction project and people respond, it's Pentecost unfolding in Bo's life. When James and Sandy step up to lead music while we discern this next season, Pentecost. You guys see it? When people, and I know there's so many of you, when people actually take their income and calculate 10% of that and give that dedicatedly and all the time to the church, that is a huge, crazy sacrifice, and it's Pentecost. People saying, my life is filled with the Spirit. I can't help but just keep it in. I've got to give it back to the Lord generously. That precious income, it glorifies God. And guess what? That money, those funds, it's used, guess who? For the sake of others. Does that make sense? This is how our church actually works. This is how blood pumps through us. Pentecost pumps through our sound system. Not Alex. I mean, yes, Alex. But Pentecost is what drives Alex to make it sound beautiful here. I go on and on. I won't do this. I could go on and on. Naming people carried about in the Lord's work for the sake of others. People who take their time, those gifts that the Spirit has filled them with, and use them for the sake of other people. And all of us would agree, when we see those gifts at work, it's beautiful, isn't it? You think, we think it's beautiful. Imagine what our neighbors would say about a church empowered and animated by the Spirit of God. Reds should have a sticker on it that says, powered by Pentecost, because that's actually how all churches are powered. And everyone in this church has a part. The question I want to ponder with you this morning, what's your part? What's your part? What's one small way that you can cooperate with the Spirit of God in you, with others? What's a way you love to serve? I'm not kidding you. I sat down with someone sometime and they said, there's no way I can serve the church. All I love to do is read the Bible out loud to people. I was like, hey, uh, every Sunday we have someone who does that. Would you like to do that? I can do that? You would let me? Do are you kidding? Yes, of course. What are those ways that you just love to serve? What are ways that you can cooperate with Pentecost in your life? I want, you, I want to ask this question, and I don't want just this Sunday sermon to be this kind of like theological point that makes us feel better. I actually want to put us to work. And so I've asked Justin and I've asked Seth at the potluck. They're going to roam around and they're going to find you and talk to you and say, hey, are you interested in serving? Are you available and able to serve? What, what do you love to do? How can we plug you into the life of the church as it serves for the sake of others? So be thinking of that. Heads up. There's your heads up. If you, friends, enjoy the benefit of this church community, if you enjoy Pentecost pumping through our corporate veins as a body together, but you're not invested and you're not engaged, you may have some cooperating to do with the Spirit today. I love our church. I love what God's doing here. I've never been a part of a church like this where I look out and see, yep, Almost everyone in this church is serving or doing something pretty incredible. That is unheard of. I'm honored to be a part of this church. I'm like your biggest like champion, what do you call that? Cheerleader, that's what I was looking for. I'm your biggest cheerleader. You guys are amazing. Can we commit to always cooperating in spirit all the more and being those kinds of people with open hands saying, come Holy Spirit, fill us, empower us, and send us into the world, not for our sake, but for the sake of others. 
so that when we encounter others, they encounter the living God through us. Can we be that church? Let's call upon the name of the Lord this morning and be saved by his presence pouring out in us that our neighborhood, that others we know in our lives that we're in touch with would have that same opportunity. Would you take a moment with me and be silent as we ask the Spirit to come upon us. Come, Holy Spirit, fill us with your presence. Ignite in us a desire to love and serve you for the sake of others and show us now how that might be. You're listening to Resurrection South Austin, a community of faith, learning to do life together in the goodness of God. For more information, you can find us online at resaustin.com.